Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We're so glad that you have joined with us today. We welcome you back as we gather around the Word of God today to hear from His heart uh, by hearing from His Word. Hallelujah. Every word that is written in the Holy Scriptures, the Bible said the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and hope of the Scripture we might have hope. Praise God. Well, we're glad that you are here today to get a message that will bring hope to you. Actually, to turn misery into hope. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we're going to be talking today about the God of all grace. The God of all grace. And uh, and listen, many, many times uh, uh, Israel would say of God and people would say of Israel's God, who has a God like their God? A God so nigh them in all that they call upon him for. I mean, a God who was with them and took care of them and protected for them and fought uh, battles in their behalf, not by might nor power, but by the Spirit of God. Great victories were won. Uh, but one thing was very clear, that he was a God of grace and mercy. Grace did not originate with the New Testament. Grace originated with God. Hallelujah. So that's what we want to talk about today. Amen. That God, the God of all grace, our God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn with me, if you will, to Micah chapter 7 and verse 18. I want to preface the teaching today by saying there's a lot of people that do not believe that America deserves help from God in her trouble because of all of the sinfulness that has it has and is occurring right now in America, almost like an all-out cultural rebellion against God. And friend of mine, I want you to know something. If it wasn't for God being who he is and true to his character of love and mercy, there would be no hope for this country. There would be no hope for any country. There would be no hope for any of us. Yes, even the best of us, there would be no hope. For we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, (laughs) not one, not even you, not me, and not anyone. You you may know a person that that is good uh, virtually uh, in so many ways, but God's standard for righteousness is so much higher than what our standard would be. No man could reach it. No man, no woman, no mama, no daddy, no grandma, no grandpa. Friend of mine, we need grace because it's by grace that you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. Really, it's the gift of himself to us, therefore, because it emanates out of his love for his creation. At our worst, God loves us, can't save us, lest we repent of our sin and 
come to Christ as our Savior for forgiveness. But we do serve the God of all grace today. Hallelujah. Listen to Micah chapter 7 and let's talk about this God of ours. Who has a God like our God? Amen. It says, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity, that passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his angry forever, his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to emphasize that all the previous things, pardon of sin, passing by the transgression, amen, retaining not anger, forgiving us and, and forgetting our sin. Hallelujah. Because he delights in mercy. And that's why we have grace to be saved today. That's why we come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. That's why we can believe God to intervene when there is true repentance and when we qualify for His mercy by literally throwing, not trying to tell Him how great we are or somehow blame someone or something else for the guilt of sin, but throwing ourselves on the mercy of the court at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah. Our one translation says, Who is a God like you, who pardons sin, who forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delighteth to show mercy. Praise God. Friend of mine, ancient Israel's troubles, like ours, were a result of rebellion and sin. God's judgments had come. Their enemies had now prevailed and boasted in their victories over them. They, without God's covering, seemed helpless and hopeless. But because God, our God, their God, is the God of grace, all of that is about to change. They had broken their covenant with Him. But if they would return unto Him, He would keep his covenant to them. He would grant them mercy and forgiveness. Prayers will then be answered. Enemies will then be defeated and vanquished. Blessings will be restored. And God is glorified. Amen. I want to read something from an old tried and true uh, uh, commentary on, on Micah 7. Uh, verse 1 through 20. This is just making a synopsis of it. Listen to what it says. The universality of the corruption of the chosen remnant, driven from every human confidence, turns to God. Triumphs by faith over her enemies, is comforted by God's promises in answer to prayer, and by the confusion of her enemies, and so breaks forth into praises of God's character. Praise God. They're, they're not just praising Him for defeating their enemies and forgiving and restoring them and defeating their enemies. They're praising Him for the reason that He forgave them and the reason that He 
defeated their enemies in their behalf. And it's because of His character. God is true to His own character of love and mercy. Praise God. That's why it said He delights in mercy. The reason for all of the benefits and blessings of His grace and mercy is because He delights to show mercy. Matthew Henry's commentary on our text is as follows. As it was their sin that brought them into bondage, so it was God's pardoning their sin that brought them out of it. Listen, friend of mine, if you're listening today and you feel like you have sinned such a great sin that there is no hope for you, that there is is no way that God could ever forgive you, no way that you could ever break out of the prison of guilt and shame and hopelessness. I want you to know that God is a God of grace and mercy. And since He delights in mercy, and since the Scripture says that His mercies are new every morning, great is His faithfulness. Faithfulness to His own character of love. Hallelujah. Listen, the pardon of sin is the foundation of all other covenant mercies and blessings. So today I want you to know, it's just like the old song we used to sing. It is no secret what God can do. What He's done for others, He'll do for you. (laughs) With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Friend of mine, it's no secret what He will do. We know God is going to act according to His unchanging character. Great is His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Listen, the glory of God in forgiving sin is matchless and it's without compare. There's no God like Him for this. No magistrate nor common person forgives as God does. So the message of Micah is that while it's true that God punishes sin, even in His own covenant people, He also pardons sin if they repent And return unto him. And when he does forgive them, he does it so thoroughly and completely that every blessing of the covenant is restored and every foe is defeated. Hallelujah. Amen. You got a foe today. I have a foe today. The the devil uh, (laughs) is our enemy today. And the Bible says of him in Revelation 12 that now is the accuser. Listen, the accuser of our brethren cast down that accused them before God day and night. He is relentless in pointing out that none of us are sinlessly perfect. Therefore, all of us deserve nothing but judgment and damnation. Amen. He is relentless. He is the accuser of the brethren. The very word devil is diabolos in the Greek, and it means someone who maligns someone. He maligns us to God, but because of what Jesus did at the cross, God won't hear it. Hallelujah. God throws it out of the court. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, both Israel 
and her enemies will see marvelous things. They will be astonished as God answers prayer in behalf of his people. Let me finish Revelation 12. Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the sacrifice you see of Jesus, by his atoning sacrifice on the cross where that blood was shed for our redemption and our salvation. Hallelujah. They overcame him, not by becoming sinlessly perfect, but by being washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the word of their testimony. That's why the scripture says, hold fast the profession, which in the Greek is confession, literally to say the same thing that another has said. We need to agree with God about our forgiveness. We need to agree with God about the fact that he has done something that he promised he would do. As it is written, saith the Lord, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sin will I remember no more. Listen, the devil will try to condemn you. He will try to constantly point his finger at you. And friend of mine, I want you to know we need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ when he does. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend, the Bible said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. Hold fast your profession of faith without wavering. Here he is true to his character, for he is faithful that promised. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, listen, somebody's listening. I'm going to back up and catch you today. I don't mean catch you and, and condemn you. You, you, you. God knows all of your sins, dear friend. And the devil knows them too. And you know them and your conscience is still alive. And that's why you feel the guilt. But I want you to know that hopeless, helpless feeling, that worthless feeling. I'm going to tell you what you were worth. You were worth God giving His only begotten Son that He might take your place and mine upon that old rugged cross. Oh, friend, you have value today because of what He's done for you. Listen, you have value more than anything in this world or any other world. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Jesus didn't have to stay on the cross he chose to go there, and he did it so he could forgive people just like you and just like you. Me, you say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've done. What matters at this point is what are you going to do about the offer of grace and mercy from the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, you can be saved today. You can pray the sinner's prayer right at the end of this broadcast. You can run to Christ instead of running from Him. But listen, both Israel and her enemies will soon see through this mercy of God and this repentance. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm back up again. I'm ahead of myself. I'm too excited about the God of grace today. Amen. And I'm not going to apologize for being excited. Listen, they overcame the enemy that accused them 
by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony and their devotion to Him. They love not their life even unto the death. Praise God. They loved Him back for loving them that much. His love for them stimulated their love for Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. What kind of God is this? What kind of love is this? Amen. The God of all grace. Friend of mine, the gospel is the good news that although we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, because of God's grace and His mercy, through the gift of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can be saved and delivered and set free and restored. Hallelujah. It is a gospel of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Listen to Acts 20 and verse 24. The Apostle Paul speaking, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. <laughs> you know why the gospel, well, gospel means good news. That's what gospel, it is the body of truth, yes, in the new covenant, but it's the good news of God's grace, the good news of God's mercy, the good news of His delighting in mercy, His willingness to forgive and to restore. Hallelujah. Testifying to the gospel of the grace of God was the great purpose in the Apostle Paul's life and ministry. He was driven by it. Many were and still are drawn to God by it. Amen. I like a paraphrase of that. It says, but my life is worth nothing, nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Micah's words of comfort are given in a world of trouble. Oh, that's why it relates to us also today so directly. In this chapter of the prophet, in the name well, this is Matthew Henry's commentary, so I'll read it from the commentary. The prophet in the name of the church sadly laments the woeful decay of religion in the age wherein he lived. Do you relate to that today? And the deluge of impiety and immorality which overwhelmed the nation, which leveled the differences and bore down the fences of all that is just and sacred. The prophet, for the sake of the church, prescribes comforts which may be of use at such a time and gives counsel of what to do. Number one, they must have an eye to God. In other words, they must look to God for the hope that they need and the help they need. They, they must courageously bear up against the insolences of the enemy. They must patiently lie down under the rebukes of their God. That means we must take the punishments knowing that his chastisement is not for our destruction but for our instruction. Amen. 
And number four, they must expect no other than the trouble would continue long. And they must endeavor to make the best of it. (laughs) Amen. We're kind of doing that right now, aren't we? They must encourage themselves with God's promises in answer to the prophet's prayers. They must foresee the fall of their enemies now triumphed over them. They must themselves triumph in the mercy and grace of God and His faithfulness to His covenant. And with that comfortable word, the prophecy concludes. (laughs) Glory be to God. Now, I'm going to read that again. They must encourage themselves with God's promises in answer to the prophet's prayers. And they must foresee the fall of their enemies. Foresee the fall of their enemies. Not see it immediately, but foresee it. Amen. Listen, we win. We win. We win. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) When the smoke of battle has cleared. Amen. Listen, we will be standing because the God of all grace is our God. And who has a God like our God? Hallelujah. Because of the God of grace, prayers will be answered. Micah 7.15 It said, According to the days of the coming out of Egypt, will I show unto him marvelous things. <laughs> One translation says that in the days which, as which you came out of Egypt, I will show them my wonders. And one paraphrase says, and I like it, it says, Yes, says the Lord, I'll do mighty miracles for you like those I did when I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. We had a lady in our church, our church folks know her well, but she used to sing a song on many, many Sunday mornings. She's with the Lord now, but she used to sing, God will do it again. Some people think God will not do it again. Some people think he could do it again, but we'll never be worth enough for him to do it again. We have went too far. Our sins are too great. I want to tell you again, according to to these people who repented and returned, listen to how God responded in his mercy. According to the days of the coming out of Egypt, will I show unto him marvelous things. I will show them my wonders. This says, yes, saith the Lord. Paraphrase, I will do mighty miracles for you like those I did when I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Now let's look at the helplessness and hopelessness of Micah in Micah chapter 1, 8 and 9. Therefore will I wail and howl I will go stripped and naked. I will make a wailing like the dragons. Literally here, one translation says, like the jackal. And mourning as the owls. For her wound is incurable. You see, without grace, without mercy, without God's intervention, the wound is incurable. Now look back to Micah 7.15. If God's people repent, you see, and return, he will hear their prayers. He will see, and they will see his miracles on no smaller scale 
than when he delivered Israel from Egypt. This is the awesome power and obtaining that obtaining mercy and grace provides. Listen, the wonders performed to deliver from Egypt will be replicated wherever and whenever necessary to achieve the deliverance of God's people. I like Jeremiah sixteen, fourteen, and 15. Let's look at it together. It says, However, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when men will no longer say, As surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. But they will say as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he hath banished them for I will restore them to the land that I gave to their forefathers. What's he saying here? He's saying it wasn't just what he did for Egypt but what he is doing and will do for us right now. Glory to God. Miracles of deliverance in answer to prayer are not isolated one-time events. They are in, in constant availability to the children of the covenant. Friend, that's you. And friend, that's me today. If we return to God, He will return to us. His power is not diminished, nor has His purpose to deliver Nothing in heaven or earth, no one in hell or on earth can successfully oppose him. Praise God. And because prayers are answered, enemies will be vanquished. Micah seven fifteen through 17 says, According to the days of thy coming out of the land of Egypt, will I show unto him marvelous things. The nations shall see and be confounded, confounded at all their might. They shall lay their hand upon their mouth. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth. They shall be afraid of the Lord our God and shall fear because of thee. Glory be to God. I got to read this from another translation also. As in the days when you came out of Egypt, I will show them my wonders. Nations will see and be ashamed, deprived of all their power. They will lay their hands on their mouth. Their ears shall become deaf. They will lick dust like a snake, like creatures that crawl on the ground. They will come trembling out of their dens, and they will turn in fear to the Lord our God and will be afraid of you. When God is for us, that's the, that's the bottom line. You know, I hear about all the things that are against us over and over and over and over and over. And I want to bring that, that, that attitude to a screeching halt by the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit today. Friend, I'm going to declare unto you by the authority of God's Word. It's not who's coming against you, what is coming against you. Listen, it's about who is for you today. And what more shall we say to these things? Paul said, let's stop the argument right here. Let's shut to the mouth of the lion, the accuser, the devil, right here and right now. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, is risen from 
the dead. Hallelujah. You see, it's God who has forgiven us. And therefore, He has become for us and not against us. Glory be to God. And if God be for us, it's God who justifies who can be against us. Hallelujah. No wonder Satan fights so hard against the message of the true gospel. If we truly repent, accept Christ as our Savior, we will see God's power over our enemy displayed in answer to prayer, and our enemy will be defeated. Glory be to God. Amen. I want to read one more scripture in context. Micah seven eighteen through 20. Who is a God like unto thee, backing up, that pardoneth iniquity, passes by the transgression, the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, but he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. <laughs> he will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. Thou wilt perform the truth unto Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Hallelujah. One translation said, You will show us your faithfulness and unfailing love as you promised with an oath to our ancestors Abraham and Jacob long ago. Now, God, my dear friend, is going to do it again because we are coming boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy as we repent of our sin, as we acknowledge and confess our sin, and as we turn our eyes to the one who loved us enough to give his son in our behalf that our sins may be forgiven, that they may be forgotten, and that God may be for us in the name of Jesus. Someone was listening today, and I want to come back to you that feel like you send away your day of grace. I've heard that phrase before. Let me tell you something today. The God of grace, the God of all grace, loves you. Come to Him. Come to Christ by faith in His atoning sacrifice. Come to the God of all grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy grace to help and receive the forgiveness you need. Receive the love you need. Receive His pardon and receive His peace and love Him back for loving you, serving with your whole heart with all the life you have left and serve it as someone who has been set free because of the mercy and the grace of this wonderful God of grace. Come back next week and let's talk. 
about Jesus.